I think they could go to that. I'm just going to start talking. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Chuck. So, sorry for being so late, guys. I was out shopping for fanny packs for Texas. But uh, panties? Did he say panties? Yeah, (laughs) that's what I heard. Fanny packs. And Tony got got pretty excited about it too. (laughs) You're listening to a four by four by four radio network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. All right, well, we're going to try making uh, doing an accident one more time, or maybe an error in judgment. We're going to bring in the Zoom people right away. And uh, let's see what kind of comments we get from them while I'm talking. <laughs> Hopefully not many. So uh, I want to ask you guys, have you uh, gone out and tried to promote the Jeep Talk Show to somebody using the Jeep Talk Show hashtag or uh, pound Jeep Talk Show, uh, as I once, uh, as I said once in an episode? Anyone? We, Anyone? We, we pounded a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I've actually uh, got some good feedback from... Um, a couple of the, the Instagram posts that I put out there, and then um, other people we met, like at Hidden Falls, I think I was going back, I think our lady, her Jeep name or someone was like Thumper or something out of the right, area. Right. And then uh, I think you met her later on at uh, Offroading, at, uh, offroading101.com. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, and I had been talking to her on Instagram a little bit about it as well before she went out there. Yep. I got to go over there and. I got to go over there and stick my nose in her uh, their, her Jeep. I, uh, my son and I were talking about the differences between the uh, uh, the uh, Gladiator and uh, the, uh, the 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 JL. And I went over there and and I couldn't tell the difference. Looking inside, uh, I actually asked permission for I stuck my head in her uh, inside of her Jeep. She's like, "Yeah, sure," but uh, yeah, it was cool getting ready to, uh, getting to look at her Jeep. The only problem with us with it was it was white. There's over a thousand posts in the hashtag section in the uh, Instagram. Oh yeah, so we're slowly building it up. Yeah, it's great. Has anybody had any questions? Like, what is that? Is that somebody sells Jeeps? What do they do? do they work on Jeeps. What do they do over there at Jeep Talk Show? Because you no, know, it's not descriptive most, enough. <laughs> most people roll their eyes if they see it on my posts. <laughs> so you got that inner sense of your wife rolling eyes. You can tell through social media they're they're rolling eyes. That's you. You know it so well. Well, yeah, I, I post a little too much about cheap. I think sometimes oh, or they well. say I do. I I don't think so. What they say? Yeah, it was better than drugs. More pictures of my Jeep to my well, these days. More expensive, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a different kind of drug, right? But yeah, I've always said it'd be cheaper to have a crack habit. <laughs> so, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just uh, please use on all your social media posts the hashtag Jeep Talk Show because we're trying to get more people to know about the show. I think we got a pretty good show here. We just need to have uh, more Jeepers know about it. You know, if you're a regular listener to the Jeep Talk Show, you already know about our Campfire Side Chat segment we've done for the last several years. We always enjoy interacting with our listeners, so we came up with a way to have you join in. We call it the JTS Roundtable. Everyone is invited to our roundtable. To join, just connect using Zoom. You can get the link each and every week by subscribing to our newsletter. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and sign up. 
We now join the Zoom meeting, which is already in progress. Please keep in mind that what you're about to hear is completely unrehearsed. The opinions may be strong and may or may not reflect the opinion of the Jeep talk show. That's important, right? Because we don't all think the same. No, we probably should, though. (laughs) (laughs) Chuck just said on Discord, uh, oh, shit, I'm late. (laughs) Yeah. Come on, Chuck. Oh, Chuck's got an excuse. He's got a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week job. (laughs) He also just got the new uh, EFI system for the Scrambler finally back, it looks like. Oh, did he get it in and and, and we're in working? I don't know. No, not installed. I think he just showed it like it just arrived. Oh, okay. I'd still like to know. So uh, so Chuck is trying to – this is what a – it's a Scrambler he's trying to do the the Holly EFI system in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know, he hates technology, but he decided to put in fuel injection, and that I mean, was all I, about it. On I mean, I, I love a carburetor, too, especially a Holley carburetor, but uh, it's it's the fuel injection is so nice, especially in off, uh, off-camber situations. Uh, uh, and what do you call Is it still camber when the nose is high or low? What's it called when the nose is up high and low? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, pitch high, pitch low. Yeah, okay, so pitch high, pitch low. So it you know kind of keeps the uh, the fuel running to the uh, the engine. So uh, and, and and this the weird positions we get jeeps in. So uh, fuel injection has a lot of pluses to it. Uh, yeah, of course, if you don't like computers, I guess it wouldn't be a plus. Carburetors always work great out of the box, and it just goes downhill really quick from there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Um, I, th- I think maybe we have asked this question before, and uh, let me know if if we've discussed this before because I didn't remember whenever I was uh, coming up with uh, some some questions to ask, uh, and maybe I just didn't get the answer I like. I don't know. Why don't lockers come as options on non Rubicons? And one thing I thought of was, well, you may not have the axles for it. I mean, you may not have uh, the same axles that the Rubicons come come with, but but. D- even at that, would you need to have the same axles uh, to put lockers in? I mean, it might be the, the uh, a stronger axle might be a good idea uh, for a locker, but I mean, if you if you just want the locker for and you know what you're getting as far as uh, yeah, but you're not going to get the same thing as you would with this heavier duty Ru- Rubicon axle. Uh, I, I just don't know why they don't put that as an option because. It's it's like it's not like it's they got to print something or bend something or do something special to the sport as opposed to the Rubicon. I mean, you should still be able to put lockers in there for you know, you know, add you know, five thousand dollars to the price of the rig or something. Well, yeah, charge you I, more money. So. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think so. Coming from the auto industry, I think I think you have to really understand the complexities of trying to order inventory for a uh, 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 dealership, right? So if you're, if you're saying, well, okay, well, you can get lockers, but you can only get lockers with a max toe, but wait, no, you can get lockers in a non-max toe if you do this and this and this. All of those things add complexity to manufacturing, and it adds costs, and, and, and while I understand that it's like, well, it, it only adds costs if you add the pieces. No, the capability of the pieces adds cost too. So I think, I think that's the main reason that they, they limit those things. Early on in the 70s and the 80s, when Honda came out 
they said, look, you can get a Honda Accord and you can get it with an automatic or a stick and you can get it in red, black, green, or gray. Everybody said, well, you can't do that. But they built a company on that lack of complexity. They basically said power windows, yes, power windows, no, red, green, black, gray. And, and, and so you complied. You, you ordered what you wanted within the guise of what they had. So as you, as you say, okay, well, you, you don't have to get a max tow package, but you do have to get, you can get lockers or not lockers, or you can get lockers and not lockers, but you can't get it with winter package or with winter package. All of those things add manufacturer, manufacturing complexities. And so you have to be very cautious because it just gets, it can get so granulated that you, you'll, you'll never produce anything that makes any sense. Would you say that's the reason why there are more uh, colors offered for the Wrangler than there are for the Gladiator? I, I'm not sure I'm willing to say that, but, but I certainly it, it just, all of those things, anytime you add another factor, I mean, just, just look at building out a Gladiator. If you go through the, the web page, you can add these things. Okay, I want those things. But then, then you get another subset of, a, of an order bank that says, oh, if you do this, you got 15 changes and you have to approve those 15 changes. It's, it's, it, I, I understand what you're saying. And back in the 70s and 60s, you could just, you could just kind of, uh, I don't know what the right word is, carte blanche say, Give me one of these, give me one of those, but I don't want posi, but I do want a five-speed, and I do want eight-track, but I don't want this, and I do want that. Well, it just that just doesn't work anymore when you're trying to build enough vehicles to supply the masses. Yeah, this is yeah, Chris. Build out. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Larry. Sorry. No, go ahead, Chris. This is Chris from Detroit. I want to just um, back up what Pat was just saying based on my experience in automotive. I mean, we go back to the 60s and 70s. I think of the 70 Roadrunner, 383 four-speed, made for one year. Pretty rare car, only made a few thousand of them. And there's a lot of examples of wholesale changes from model year to model year. And I, I agree that the Japanese really brought that standardization. And as the cost, the cost uh, cutting or cost, uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the word. The, the cost, yeah, cost pressures uh, uh, came up. They they had to standardize things, and I believe that's why we see the the Wrangler Rubicon as a package. I mean, you 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 basically get all the bells and whistles, uh, leather and everything with the Rubicon. I know you can order them without because they have to package it. Uh, and my experience calling on Ford in the early 2000s, the Ford V6 Mustang. They finally decided around 2002, 2003-ish, all V6 Mustangs will come with air conditioning regardless because <laughs> it, it was less costly to offer them all with air conditioning versus, okay, you want the bare bones, bare bones, I don't need the air conditioning convertible Mustang. They determined it was costing them more overall to offer the option. So that that's basically a broad brush of how it evolved. I will, however, say... With the current climate and the way things are going, I can actually see it going back the other direction to where you can cherry pick, pick and choose. Oh, I want I want the Rubicon axles in my sport ass with crank windows, no tinted glass, because the manufacturers are producing less 
and they are getting a premium. So I could really see it going back the way that it was, where you really could go in and say, I want this, I want that, and I want it in that color. Whereas now, if you want those things, you have to get in a package and you have to make a concession and get something maybe you, you didn't necessarily want. Well, I mean, I like the idea of this Ford putting. I didn't know about the you know, hey, if you want a, Ford, a Mustang, uh, a V six, you're going to get an air conditioner. That's that's not a bad idea, especially if you live in Southeast Texas. Um, but the uh, the the same could be said about a Jeep. I mean, a Jeep, especially a Wrangler or a, a Gladiator, is supposed to be a four wheel drive. And whenever you get a two wheel drive, uh, the argument I think could be made is we're going to put lockers in all of the at least the rear axle of all the Wrangler and uh, Jeep trucks. I mean, that would make the complexity less and it would make it more uh, more of a four-wheel drive. You know, at least over the break-even point, you'd be a three-wheel drive at that point. Well, I think the, the driver behind that, though, is warranty, too, because inherently the locker, whatever it is, it's going to be a little more complex than an open diff. And 98% of Wrangler owners, whatever the statistic is, don't do what we like to do with our Jeeps. And I just foresee them looking at the warranty hit and, and they, they all look at it with the same, they look at it the same financials of Wrangler that's $50,000 plus that they look at with the neon that they used to make for $19,000. And I was out at uh, Holly Oaks RV park many years ago, actually, before it was even Holly Oaks when they were doing the, uh, the, the exploratory runs. And there was a guy from Chrysler out there and he had a two door was a special Moab. So it was the Moab with the bumpers and everything else. And I was talking to him and he explained to me, but it had really small tires on it. I said, it just looks real nice. It looks like it's a little under tired. He goes, yeah, I just got it. They've determined that to have the bumpers and all the little pieces that make in a Moab, they had to cut costs with the tires. So they put a smaller tire on it because it, it just didn't meet a cost target. It doesn't make sense. I mean, you're charging a premium. Somebody's buying a Moab or a Rubicon, they know they're going to pay a premium, but they look at it with the same financials of the, you know, the lowest cost vehicle. It just it doesn't make sense. No, well, but it does, though. Think about it, though. So you can say, look, here's here's your here's your thing. And the base and, and the base MSRP is X. Right. So that's the that's the loss leader. That's the thing that says. Look, I'm I'm under thirty five thousand dollars. Every Ford that you want to look at is thirty seven two. But hey, you don't even want these tires that we put on here anyway. You're going to upgrade those anyway. So who cares? What you want is the base MSRP, and it's this, and I can advertise that. And then when 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 push comes to shove, you're going to replace the tires on the Jeep just like you're going to replace the tires on the Ford and the Chevy and the GMC and the Toyota. So whatever it does it make, and I'm two grand less. It so absolutely this, makes sense when you talk about marketing. This is this is John from Central Texas. The one thing I, I get the complexity argument, and so you may not want to a la carte, you know, a hundred options, but they all have forty fours in the back. So offering something the new, ones. Like, the new ones. So offering something like a locker or no locker, I mean, you could limit the amount of options. So saying that, you know, the ability to order a sport with just a locker in the rear or, or even a, a limited slip on some of them, I'm not sure if you can get that universally or not, but you know, just the ability to do some of the bigger options on there, I think is, is what, what we're saying. Right. So I think I can understand. Cause right now look at the complexity. 
Have you gone and looked it through the options package on one of them right now? I mean, between <laughs> I colors and rate, but I mean, there's already a ginormous amount of complexity in there. So adding something like locker or no locker is a single option to put in. Or I mean, what's the what's the gear ratio options now? It's like what 355, 373. You can go all the way up to 456, but only if you do the extreme recon package and. Well, that's, mean, and that's the other thing, you know, if you should be able to pick your the gear ratio you want because of the argument just now we heard about the you're, you're going to take the tires off of it anyway. Well, yeah, we probably are. And we'd like to not have to re-gear it. So can I just buy it with the gears that I want in it, you know, or at least get close to those gears that I want? Yeah. I, and I, Absolutely. I think if you buy the expensive package, the, the big the thing, I, the, the individual option, I think, is is maybe not to the extreme that we saw in the 70s, as Chris and I were talking about, where everything was an option but some of the bigger ticket items that are you know most looked at like we'd love to see the the four to one transfer case be offered and some of the the lower trims right something like a willies or a, or a sport or something uh being able to get that um that would be really awesome right that's one of the bigger drivers for the rubicon um but you know just some of the bigger mechanical items offering it i don't think would would over the top change the complexity drivers that you see now well we got computers too so uh, i mean i understand you have to have you may have to have more um more lockers sitting there ready to to go in axles uh, or the or if you're getting them straight from the vendor they may have to uh, ha- have more uh, stock but how how cool would it be to have uh not a rubicon but uh i didn't mean to give him a plug uh, but uh, not a Rubicon and uh, be able to get an axle with the, the gears and the lockers. And of course, this is a slippery slope, isn't it? Because it, well, before it was just lockers. Now it's gears and lockers. This is Larry from St. Louis. So, you know, one thing that would be able to do the a la carte would be kind of like the uh, the old Mopars the way back when, right? Because you could a la carte a unicorn, let's say, that it's not like the other 4,500 Jeeps that was built because I have this option, that option, and this color. And that's really what made a lot of those older cars worth a lot of money because they were unicorns in the sense that there was two with this option or there was five with that option. It wasn't all the rest of them, right? I, I did not know that's why it was that way. That's interesting. But, you know, I also can understand the, the complexity of trying to manage all those different part numbers and packages and you know, if everybody came in with the total a la carte, I think that would really drive up prices. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. A Hemi Roadrunner convertible with a manual transmission and a posi rear end and, in, and in no air blue. conditioning <laughs> in dark blue with a vinyl with with rubber guts. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a sweet vehicle. And yeah. what an absolute financial nightmare for for the company that makes it. Because to be able to have all of those pieces around to, to build that thing, cool for the customer, not so cool for the manufacturer. And I understand, right. and, and, and I get it, but, but you're, the reality is the group of people that are on this phone call, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take myself out because I'm probably more of a mainstream guy than the average, but... You all know exactly what you want and what you need, but the reality is they're not building to you. They're building to the masses, and the masses are the people that look at look at driving over a median in a in a mall parking lot as four wheeling. It's not you all, right? 
and they like red. And that's just sad. I don't even know. You start putting in red and all that, and then they want and it's just ridiculous. I like the idea. I like the idea of only having red Jeeps. I think that would be great. We could remove the complexity down a notch just by making them all red. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, when you buy your first Jeep, too, you don't really know unless you have either had the sickness for a while or you're just acquiring it. You don't really know what you want. So some of those just base models and all that are are, are a good start point, you know, you know, unless you've got someone guiding you along the way or it is your second or third Jeep. You don't know. Absolutely. So I think we've, I, had, I think we've already answered this next question, but let me throw this in here because I've, I've even heard the a la carte mentioned a couple of times. Would you like to have Jeep uh, do the a la carte method or keep it with packages like it is today? I think it'll drive the price up. Steve from Aurora, anytime you do any kind of manufacturing, you do line changeovers. The more line changeovers you do, the less production you're going to get, the more cost it's going to drive everything up. Mm-hmm. But isn't that uh, is is that just for inventory? Because a lot of computers are doing the work nowadays about the assembly. Yeah, but it, but it's all just in time manufacturing, so it's not it's not about um, we have all these pieces sitting around waiting to go on the right vehicle. This is just in time. They're building stuff and they're they're running stuff in supply chain is running stuff in the front side of the warehouse, and it's coming out the same day. Uh, out of the backside of the of the manufacturing facility, so to they're 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 it's so tight, it's so tight on the manufacturing side, the SBL side, the supply supply plan on the logistics side, that it just it's not it's not cost effective anymore. Yeah, I, I agree, and that's where the cost that's that's a better explanation. Of what I was trying to say about cost pressure, and again, I'm in automotive now, and we get a. A supplier statement of work and it says okay we're going to award you this part whatever it is and the six the financial planning volume is x and the, the capacity planning volume be be prepared to do 15 or 20 percent plus uh, on anomalies meaning weekends if it's really popular but that's no guarantee and we have to base our pricing on say twenty thousand two hundred thousand whatever it is there's no guarantee mm-hmm. there but it, they they push to that number and they order it as as they go. So they have that forecast. We're only going to make 20000 of this part for the year. And it's very difficult uh, because if they go 120 plus percent, then we as a supply base have the opportunity to say, well, you guys are pulling 200 percent. We didn't tool for this. We didn't plan for it. So that that's where they're, they're, they're going to run it right to that number as best they can. With as minimal waste as possible. I, I, I got the, the one thing I'll say back on that one is I, I like I completely get it for the complexities and everything for the, the multitude of options. A couple of singular big ticket items to be available a la carte, things like the locker or, you know, that's a forecasting problem, right? I mean, if you can if you can get the forecasting right, then your supply chain should be ready, right? That's that's a that's a planning on, on the front end. And you're going to have to do that, whether you're selling it as part of a package but whether you're selling it as an, an a la carte option or whatever, right? And again, well, what, I'm not talking about 25 different colors and and like you have with the old Mopar levels, right? But a, a couple of key specific items, big ticket ones, being able to be a la carte, I think would not be good. Well, the, the other complexity to that, though, John, is Mopar performance parts. I've got an old catalog for the JK. I don't know if there's one for the JL, but you could get a Mopar performance parts for the JK and get 
aftermarket axles or, or Mopar axles. Mm-hmm. They were aftermarket axles and get that get that set up. So it's a catch-22 because the dealers just want to churn out the same damn thing. If they could make all red Jeeps with soft tops and two-door or four-doors, they'd do the same damn thing. They really would. That's the perfect world. And then it gets the dealer for accessories. And that's where I believe the dealers have always fallen down and always continue to fall down is to capitalize on the, the accessory purchase. And I, I've said, I don't know, publicly uh, before, Jeep should have uh, really leaned on their dealers to combat the 35-inch tires with uh, with the Broncos and let the give it a dealer-installed volume or dealer-installed mm-hmm. item. Yeah, John. And the other side of that is, is why would they? Because they know that if you want it, you'll go get it, and they don't have to provide it at the extra expense. And where are you going to go to get the other Jeep? And well, the answer is there isn't it. Right, but that goes, that, goes to my, that, that goes to what I'm saying. It's not a negative cost pressure. Like, you're not going to tell me. I tell my kids this all the time. They try to explain away why they why this is there. Justify why it is. Just say it. You want it. Right? <laughs> That's what you want to do. That's what you're going to do. We make more money doing it this way, or it's easier, or whatever it is. But they're not going to say I that. Buy, I don't buy the complexity one fully. I, I like I said, I totally get it when you get into the, the smaller things here and there. But you know, as far if you can offer a a locker as part of the Rubicon package, you have the same axle minus a locker in the sport. Just just put the Rubicon axle into the sport, right? I mean, the big items are. But 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 on the other side of that, if Mopar says, why wouldn't I just offer the locker in as a uh, a Mopar performance option? At the, the parts at the parts counter, and let somebody else deal with the complexity. Why wouldn't they do that? Because they know that you'll do that. But as a as, as a consumer, I'm. But if I go to the dealership and I'm ordering that, if I'm if I'm going to do the a la carte from the Mopar Performance Catalog, and that's going to be part of the purchase price of my vehicle, I'm okay with that, right? Because mm-hmm. I can order a sport and then order the axle in there. I'm 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 perfectly fine with that. I don't care which way it comes, whether it comes off of the, the assembly line that way, or if it comes out of the dealer installing it once they get there from Mopar Parts. So on the on the Gladiator, though, they've kind of done a little bit of that. If you look at all the different versions of the Gladiator. Like the uh, Mojave, I think it's got the locker in the rear only. Yep. Right. So right. the the Mojave's got a, a quite a few other packages that kind of put out some of the options that people are looking for. Right. And, and some of those options really aren't available. I mean, they might be now, but they weren't when I bought my JL. You had the same basic few model. You know. But they're burying all those other carts into packages, so you're getting a whole bunch right. of other you don't want, right? But the reason they're doing that is because that's where they can maximize their dollars right. and the equipment to the consumer. They're not doing it because they think that that's that they, that you care. They're doing it because it allows them to do those things, and so it gives you another. And but John, I mean, the reality is you don't like Gladiator anyway. I'm not trying to be picked. I'm not. I'm not trying to order Gladiator. I'm trying to order Wrangler. But with lockers, with <laughs> more options. I could have, like. Here's the thing: if I look at it, mine how I ordered it, right? I literally I ordered a Rubicon with no extra features except for the hard top and uh, the the upgraded speakers, right? I still got the base radio, no touchscreen, no nothing like that. Manual transmission, all that kind of stuff. I just wanted the transfer case and then the axles. That was it. But John, let's pick an arbitrary number. I'm not sure what Jeep's production lines is right now. But if they make 20 a package, they can make 20 Wranglers in an hour. 
versus you got 15 customized ones you have to do. You're not making 20 an hour. Oh, but come on, you're doing customized right now. I mean, not, I literally not if you go to the Jeep, Jeep factory. If you go, yeah, they are. If you go to the Jeep site right now to order up your Jeep, the amount of, of oh. options you can put on there, you're, you're very rarely going to have two. Come what up percentage versus options. running packages? You got to remember, they also have to produce to sell to the masses that are going to go in, buy off the showroom floor as is. But what's the what's the percentages of, of the that you're putting the same axle? We're talking about just one tweak of it at that point. Right? Yeah, but but John, you're Part assuming that you get, you're, you're assuming you'll get all those in the same time frame, and you won't. Well, that's a forecasting nope. problem. Like going well, back nope, to that. No, no, that's no, that's an ordering problem. If yeah. you're not conforming, it. I, yeah. I'm not. Hey, dude, I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying. They're saying, look, we can do these things and we'll do these things. And if, if somebody wants to get nutty and crazy and order all this crazy shit, we can tell that guy, hey, it's going to be 82 days before you get your Jeep. And that guy's going to go, okay, I'm good with that. Here's my $2,000 and get it to me when you can. So then they'll do a run of 15 days where they do all this crazy shit for people. But they're, they're, they're cookie cutter doing other stuff to, to pay the bills. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not arguing with you. Mine was mine was about 90 days just ordering with no options, just basically a Rubicon with a hardtop, right? So, well, who the fuck wants a Rubicon with crank windows? Who wants that? Well, well if you're not mine's got roll-up roll windows. You don't get that. That again, it's a package. I would have gotten it with half doors if I could, but you have to add that as a package, right? So once you once you've added the Rubicon initial, then you've got to add all these other packages which have 20 other things in them. So. I mean, I and I, I, again, I'm not in the car industry, so I, I'm, I'm definitely well, understand. You're on the side that is the most important, most important Absolutely. part, the consumer side, right. and and that's Absolutely. what we're talking about here is what the consumer would like to have. And I guarantee you, if the Ford Bronco came in an a la carte method, Jeep would start doing the same thing the day before. <laughs> and they're right. they're getting close to that. I mean, when you go through the Ford, I don't know if you've been to the Ford thing, but they've got a. Of options. I would not be caught dead look, optioning a Bronco, and I'm surprised that you know, John. I'm surprised you know you how. Gotta, you got to know your, you got to know your competition, right? <laughs> I, I went. I know what I did was I went and optioned out like the, the Wrangler that I would buy. Oh, it gets worse. Bronco I would buy. It's, the it's not like they told you you can get it any color as long as it's black. <laughs> I like love that. I thought that. of that earlier. Henry Ford. <laughs> but you, when you look at the uh, the Wrangler, like I just put in the package just to get what I wanted, which was the extreme recon, the lockers, the transfer. You were at eighty grand just because of the speed, and it was like half the stuff I didn't even want. It just you had to add that part of the package in. So, John, you're 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 giving your own answer repeatedly here. They one, they aren't catering to us, me, you. We're not going in, we're going to do what we want afterwards. They're catering to the guy who's going to buy it and drive it to the mall, to the lady who's buying it to take her kids to the, to the soccer field. You know, it is a trail rated minivan. And if they're putting <laughs> little less expensive parts into the packages, you want a lockers front and rear, you can have it. But you're going to buy these 20 extra things in this package. And 15 of those things cost us pennies, but we're charging you dollars for them. You can have it, but you're going to pay us on this end for it. Uh -huh. If they, That's how they can afford to change their line and run it with lockers. Yep. I'm, su I'm surprised they're, they're making their money back in the other stuff. Based on what you guys are saying, I'm surprised there's Rubicons at all and, and, and the Mojave. I mean, it just sounds like it's a nightmare for them. 
Well, I don't think so. As long as you buy all the shit they want you to buy. The the Rubicon, yeah. the Hobby, the Beach, the let, let's list off the twenty five hundred Willie's. There's a Texas uh, edition. Uh, different ones you got, right? You know, but we're going to cut down on complexity. Hey, also, well, dude. A, a lot of it comes down to the line setups as well for how easily during production line, if they're doing a run of JLs, Rubicons, let's say, how easy is it to do this one custom mod while the line's still running? Is the line set up to do that? Mockers would be really simple. How many can we do? Not in saying one it's run? not. It, it's it's how you got to keep that line moving. Right. And anytime you introduce something that's going to slow that line down, that is dollar sign. Well, if you want to keep Big it going straight, put lockers in the axles. That'll keep everything going straight. <laughs> another, another issue might be the computers. If they throw in a bunch of different options, now your computer's got to recognize all those different options that you're putting in there. I would. I suspect that all the same, uh, the programming and I mean the the code and even the wiring. And my gladiator, a uh, sport esque gladiator, is ninety nine percent what what you see in the in the Rubicon. I mean, I know there's already a, a few things I can add on there that are in the Rubicon. It's, it's just a matter of you know four hundred bucks and the time to, to install it. It's it's not the ninety nine percent that's the problem. It's the one percent that is that is the problem. Well, then make it's, it make it a hundred percent the same. Just leave out the the, the big parts. It's the wiring for the locker. It's not. It's not difficult to put lockers in rear ends. I mean, at the at the at the manufacturing level, it's not difficult to do that. It's difficult to get it lined up with the right car in the right time and have the right wiring loom to wire that in and make it work with all the other things that the person wants. None of those things individually are difficult. It's it's lining all those things up. And making them come together for the one that you want, but not the one that Betty Joe down the street, who's just going to go get her groceries, wants. That's the complexity. And and I'm not. And, and again, guys, I I understand, and I think it'd be great if we could get it any way we wanted. And it. I, I, and I'm not arguing with any of you, but it's just but we're not going to Burger King. We're not. No, exactly. You don't you get it. Let us on that burger. You, do you do you know how how cool it would be uh, to this is like that uh, that uh, charger you were talking about earlier, uh, Pat? Can you just imagine going into a barn, doing a barn find on the the the, the few uh, jeeps that you could order anything any way you wanted it for? Just the think of the yes. smile on that young man's face. Right on <laughs> that future jeep. Wouldn't even put, he would probably never fully appreciate what he was able to buy. Oh, but we can hope so. There's people finding Dodges in there, and they're all excited <laughs> about it. So. <laughs> Find it, find a unicorn in twenty years, and it'd really be worth it. And, and we're talking about more than one sale here, too. I mean, I, I know the manufacturer is only concerned about that one sale, but the having that this special, specially built uh, rig from the factory, uh, and then it going out, and the resale value on that is going to be higher. Uh, that it's it's going to be a um, well, it's, it's it's like like uh, Pat, Pat was talking about the 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 charger or not necessarily the charger the uh the uh, the dodge is this configured all this special way it's like things of legends that that you know i found this and we did this and this it, they only made two of these and i was talking to greg henderson about a uh a, a, i think it was a 67 dodge charger that there's only one made of it because it has a racing package uh in it from the factory 
And he, he, he was telling really, me all about it. It was just phenomenal to hear about. So, But, really, but realize who's that, who that financial benefit is for. Oh, I understand. It was for the manufacturer. But, it was but, for, the, but, for the guy that ordered this stupid package. That is advertising that they are getting 20 years down the road. So Doesn't it, matter. It, they don't care about that. But it, it's but it's important. You can't you can't now. buy that kind of advertising. Shareholder equity, man. But I'm not a shareholder, so speaking well. from your consumer point of view, I don't give a crap whether it's easier on them or not. That's what I want. I just want so them to stay in business. I mean, yeah, if, if yeah. we're talking about them going out of business because they can't add lockers to a to a Jeep, then okay, that's fine. I mean, if they didn't do it at all, it would make more sense. But since they do it for Rubicons, then do it without all those yes. packages. Give me so a give me a locker switch next. package. The next part of that question would have to be, though, what would that do to aftermarket, the aftermarket business? If you could fully customize that thing out to get exactly what you want, what would that do to the aftermarket? You're never going to get exactly what you want because somebody's going to want ARB lockers. That's all they you want. And they're yeah. going to order it without lockers and do what they want to do. But no, it, I, it it's, would, it's a good it question, would, Larry. It's a good question, and yeah. I understand it. I mean, it, it would hurt. It certainly would. But there's always going to be aftermarket stuff that people oh, are yeah, look at as better. Be things you can't buy from a dealer, absolutely. Yeah, and, and they, they wouldn't because it's just too too much for them to have and, and warranty. So, um, But it would be nice just to be able to say, I want these lockers, and I know, here we go, and I want these gears. <laughs> what the <laughs> so it's already two things so you give them one thing they want to damn it and only in red yep. it makes sense to me so, so did we get an answer I mean we have lots of lots of reasons why it doesn't make sense for the manufacturer not to have uh, that they shouldn't have a la carte uh, and they should have just packages but what do we want did we did we come up with an idea as a consumer would we like to have the ability to a la carte? And maybe we're not the right audience to ask this question to, but we're the most important ones because we're the ones in here talking. So I, I'm for a la carte. And, and I understand that to, it needs to be limited to a degree, but I think that uh, some a la carte is, is a good way to go, but more so than what they currently have. And I would add in just from... A parallel industry, not automotive, but going to the TV industry because they just went through this, right? Used to pay a cable service. We talk about complexity for how many channels and oh, yeah. providers Good. and how you're going to do that. And they're like, well, you'll never break it up. It's just all this. Now, what do we have? We have Netflix, we have Hulu, we have Disney. So obviously, the, the, the counterpoint to all this is be careful what you ask for because by the time you've added all those subscriptions up, you're about the same price as you were when you bought the cable package, right? So, you know, there's, there's, some things where the packages make sense, but I think that it's, and I'm not saying it's inevitability like it was with video, but you know, I remember a time when no one thought you were going to break up the cable side. Everybody's going to have direct TV or cable or whatever. And now I know in my house, you know, we, we're pretty much completely cord cut. So is a huge chunk of the U S now. Right. So, you know, I would say that it's, it's something that if the consumer demand is strong enough, so if the percentage of people that are going to be customizing and using it off of there, goes it's going to happen and i think it's 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 driven by the consumer you just kind of described mopar custom parts though hey 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 tony you're not thinking about can you hear me just we hear yeah hey tony if you remember back in the day the late 80s early 90s all the chevy trucks that i you know i owned a couple of them whether it had a tow package or not they're wiring for the tow 
the tow lights, you know, all your wiring was at the back. You just had to reach up there, fish it out, put a plug on it, yep. and you could, and put a hitch on it. You could tow. They could make every JL, JK, JT, whatever they were making at the time, with the same wiring harness for a lot less money, and just you plug and play wow. just on the just on the locker aspect of it. Right. You, this customer wants wow. a locker. Well, the wires are already there. And nine times out of ten, the JKs have a forty-four, and the Rubicons in the JK had a forty-four. They were hair different, but you could change. They could have changed that over just all in the same forty-four, and then your plug and play is there. No, they're not putting anything in the jails more than the basics. Sorry to cut you, Chuck. I got the soft no, top, right? Fine. And I wanted I was, I when crazy. I was a child. I was gonna get <laughs> I was gonna get the hard top, right? Come to Google Google hard top, I discover because I got the soft top package, they did not put in the wiring for the rear defroster or wiper or the uh water line. Even on the stick, I would have to change the stick. I think they, they, they I think, could go to that. I, no. I'm just going to start talking. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Chuck. So, I, so, sorry for being so late, guys. I was out shopping for fanny packs for Texas. but uh, Panties? Did he say panties? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I heard. Panty, panty packs. And Tony, got, heard Tony got pretty excited about it, too. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if you can buy like 24 at a time, it's so worth it. So, unfortunately, I mean, I... From what I hear everyone talking about is their new fancy Jeeps that are plastic and the fact that they can't just pick and choose, which is totally fine. I mean, really, really, you guys should blame Henry Ford because everything is automated. There is no buy from the factory exactly what you want anymore, right? It's all just automated. Like when I went down to the Jeep factory, there was no people there. I mean, there was like 12 people in the entire place and robots are just building packages so if you guys want now okay or even myself you know hey i want lockers and 538 gears right from the factory good freaking luck because that computer is not going to know to to grab a different lock set or a different gear ratio they're running hundreds or thousands of them at a time there's no there technology is in a place and the world is in a place that you're never going to get that. And that's why there's an aftermarket, right? And you just buy like Tony did, which is really my wife and I are still looking at a Gladiator. The best thing you can do, buy a cheap-ass Jeep and then change it how you want it. I like that. I mean, that's the way I like it because you can put what you want in there. But still, it, right. be, it would be nice to have that option available where you could say, yeah, I'd like to you know, spend an extra two that. grand. But I'll, you're I'll you're never going to get that because they're throwing it. They're, they're building... 1300 jeeps in a row they're not building one or two or even 10 they're building thousands and then they're distributing them through the united states they're not building it just for texas no I'm right jeeps well, uh, jeeps all come out of toledo ohio one place one building that's it well, they're never yeah, going to build jeeps anyplace else but we're talking about building jeeps for jeepers if, if you're going to order, be ordering lockers in there, it's going to be for the, the, the small segment of the population that uh, knows yeah. what that'll do, and, this, that, and that's what they want. They're never going to do that. Well, I, because I have because that's little, not the clientele. A little twist on that same, same idea is what I call, why couldn't you buy a body and white Jeep? If anybody's familiar with body and white, and you could still get them from Mopar a few years ago to make a race car. You get body and white, but... Basically, a body and white Jeep, bare bones, to your point about the wiring is there for most of it. And I just think back in the 70s and early 80s when you bought a pickup truck and none of them came with rear bumpers, or you could buy it without a rear bumper. You put the rear bumper on that you wanted. I know that regulatory 
uh, regulatory mandates would not allow that. But that would be ideal if you could get a so-called body and white Jeep and option it out at the dealer and get every everything exactly that you want. Well, I think we've answered the question, what, what would you want? I think everybody here would like to have the option of getting it exactly the way we want it uh, a la carte. And, uh, uh, but I don't know, a Jeep buffet sound, kind of sounds good too. So, wow, what a great conversation that was. And, uh, I, oh, I really uh, want to thank uh, Gary over at Dixie Overland for the, uh, for the question. He did a video, and, uh, and the, one of the five things that pisses him off about, uh, not, not his words, my words, uh, pisses him off about the, the Jeep Gladiator is, uh, why can't you buy lockers? I mean, why do you have to get a Rubicon or a, uh, what is it, Mojave? Uh, but to have a locker, if you can get it in those, you should be able to get in any of them. So, and I agree. And it was a really good conversation. Now, switching gears, uh, and this might <laughs> dovetail into our disagreement about the uh, the, the previous uh, statement. Uh, do you feel positive, or are you concerned about the future of our off road hobby, and why? Well, I'm very, very concerned. concerned. I'm very incredibly concerned. concerned. Yeah, I mean that. The, the amount of people on this planet is totally screwing the outdoors enthusiast because you're just, you're, we're overpopulating the world, right? And there's a bunch of retards out there that don't care about actually taking care of nature. And I'm not a liberal and I'm not a tree hugger and I, I'm not a hippie as much as I used to be. And <laughs> The, the, the fact that there is so many people out there that don't care about tread lightly, they don't care about pick up your white flower, they don't care about, hey, don't just dump your engine oil on the floor when you, you, know, you should clean it up. I'm in, we, we've seen it happen in California. I know it's happened in Utah. Yeah, I mean, it, here in Kansas, there's very few public lands and that shit is even like is so regulated because there's so many people on this earth. Yeah, I'm I'm incredibly concerned. Well, I think one of my concerns, and no no offense to uh, to Larry or, or anyone else that does it, but <laughs> some of the some of the YouTubers that are coming up, right? Not not all of them, but some of them are encouraging that kind of behavior, right? To go and do more crazy and wild and all kinds of stuff to get more mm-hmm. clicks, right? They're Game YouTubers. I, I blame Jackass. <laughs> I think that's driving a culture of, you know, always filming, always, um, always trying to get that next viral video rather than kind of enjoying the the trail ride, right? Larry, I, I don't count you in that simply because yours are more of an informative, right? A lot of the. Uh, I wish I could get out on trail to make the video. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking more like, uh, it, it, you know, you could say bad about, you know, kind of their the way they approach it or whatever. They have brought more attention to it, but light bright style right which is just basically just going nuts and and uh trying to do the most craziest wildest thing you can which it, it brings a lot more attention to it but then you get a lot more people out. i would just you just did a search the other day for just hidden balls videos and there was like 25 or so different bloggers that came up that have nothing to do with off-road but they found somebody that had a jeep one of their friends that went out there and just really weird content when you start watching or whatever I, I think that coupled with the, uh, you know, just the, the sheer number of people out with the pandemic driving a lot of people outside is, is just kind of made it a little, uh, little difficult to navigate. Yeah, I agree. I mean, out here in Illinois, the DNR is pretty much waged war on it. They don't allow it. 
they look to shut it down as much as they can. And and you got to realize there's got to be reasons behind it somewhere, right? Somebody's done something, destroyed, you know, natural pastures. Uh, you know, like uh, Wendy was talking about those rock gardens on, was it Big Bear? Mm-hmm. That, yep. She says people are always going around it when and destroying that this old flower only grows there. That's That's what does it right there lack of education or just pure ignorance what you want to call it but it has me concerned it only seems like uh it's just getting worse well is it getting worse because uh we're seeing things people do things on uh youtube the videos and uh, the audio that's put out by people that are really just trying to make uh, make money i mean that's the reason why they're doing it uh, primarily uh, or is it because uh the overpopulation that uh, chuck was talking about Although I think Chuck can get on his property and not see a person for days, so uh, yes, I, there's a lot awesome. of there's a lot of space that's still out there that is not occupied by people, and, and a lot yeah, of it's, it's in- absolutely terrible here. Though I mean, it's one of the worst states to ever live in. If anyone listening to the show is thinking about moving outside of the liberal state, I would say go to Texas anytime. Don't ever come into the Midwest. It's terrible here. Okay, well, okay. Back to what you're saying, Tony. I think. It's- Social media has a lot to do with it because I think it's raised the awareness. This stuff was going on for a long time, right? Yeah. Oh, Nothing yeah. new. But I think now that people post it, they and they're trying to do the right thing. Oh, look at what these people did to our trails. Well, then you got public officials seeing that as well and saying, well, this is a real problem when it's always been there. I look kind of at- dovetails into the last conversation, though. They make certain vehicles so you can make a bunch of them. You get them out, in the, out on a trail. Well, I, yeah, I mean, there, that might, that might hurt the off-road hobby is just the this thing moving in. Well, instead of uh, keeping them off these public lands, why don't we just make it where they can't have these vehicles? And the, the, nobody needs, it's like nobody needs a, uh, a gun that has more than a, a, th- a three-round capacity, and nobody needs a, a, a go-anywhere vehicle. They need to stay on the roads where we can tax them and uh, gather uh, income so that we can tell them more of what they're, what they're going to do. And ultimately, it comes down to knowledge, Tony. Yeah, just, like, you know, like, there's no consistency because, you know, where Steve-O's at, there's certain areas where it's it's uh, side-by-side only. They've got rid of the Jeeps. And you, then you go out to Utah and some of the, some areas of Colorado, no side-by-sides and only Jeeps. Right? So there's, there's no consistency in that realm either. Well, it's federal versus state at that point, isn't it? Right. Federal laws and state laws. And, I, and, and actually, that's and good. I think that's not, good. It's not just, um, you know, the environmental warriors either. Follow the money. Always follow the money. If you look Amen. at Oceana Dunes, they shut Oceana Dunes down. They're trying. It's being fought in court, and they're making progress, actually, to win it back. <clears throat> but... They shut down Oceana Dunes. We have to preserve it. It's causing air quality issues, watershed issues. And they shut it down and no more than shut it down. And it's leaked that there is the one of the groups financing the shutdown already has plans to build boardwalks and condominiums and hotels and an amusement park at Oceana Dunes. It isn't just they want to shut it down to save the environment. They want to shut it down and take it away from you because you don't pay as much as somebody coming from the Bay Area or New York City will pay them to have that oceanfront property in their condo and walk through the boardwalk and go down to the fancy restaurant and eat supper and drink the bar, drink their whiskey or their wine or whatever, while they watch the ocean waves roll in. 
the argument they used at Oceana Dunes, they literally carbon copied to start trying to shut down trails around Moab, out towards Canyonlands and stuff. If you read the paperwork filed on Oceana Dunes, it's they could have put it from a spreadsheet, like you type a letter where it just changes the name and the greeting, and it's the same. Yeah, it's sad but true. Well, that kind of all right. I'm off my soapbox. I think that goes beyond trails, though, right? Because we look at um, you know the proliferation. We talked about electric vehicles a lot several weeks ago, right? And just kind of the uh, the attack on modifying the vehicles. Like, was it Australia? There's like a limit on tire size, right? So well, you Lift, can't go lift as well. Yeah, so you you got you start getting a lot of limits and uh, other items put on there to make it where you can't take a daily driver and, and go do stuff like that anymore unless. leave it kind of small so it's not so much a hard limit it's just the the fees required to have uh you know an actual engineer check the vehicle over oh and sign off on it and then registration fees and stuff basically make it to where a lot of vehicles down there that are modified for this stuff aren't they their tires don't go over a certain size because of that reason they can it just costs a lot more money to get it done but you could end up with something like that here you know with gas tax and gas prices, if you have a vehicle that gets really bad mileage, most Jeepers don't care as much about fuel mileage. I don't think there's a complete lack of it, but if it gets to the extreme, you know, that's another way of kind of engineering an outcome you want through cost, right? Whether it's to register your vehicle or to fuel it. Oh, and I think that's why we're looking at gas prices the way they are now, because that's a um, a, a way of... Uh, uh, making things better for the the green new world. Uh, I may be wrong about that, but I think that's one of the one of the plays that are being is being done right now. Because what were we? We're at a, like a dollar eighty a year ago or something. So and we were self sufficient. Yeah, but now we have Ukraine under siege and <laughs> German pipeline stopping and our own pipeline stopping. There's been a lot of things. Oh, I know, but I, I think it all has to do to go back to we have to make people stop driving as much. And you know the uh, the whole of uh, the, uh, the pandemic thing uh, helped the, help that situation as well. I wonder if the the Earth got a few more good years because we all were staying at home for those uh, two years. Could be. I think that you also got to look at the um, you know the uh, number. Oh, you also got to look at the the, the number of um, changes that have kind of come out in things like electric grids, and then you find the the limits of that and kind of. Everything that goes along with changing of your energy models, you have to make the efficient one less efficient in order to change the, the, the newer ones. Because we don't have solar, wind, or any alternative models, even electric vehicles, at the level where they're as efficient or as convenient as gas-powered jet. So you, you've got to make those less. If you can't make the uh, other ones better yet, make the ones you have now less convenient. Right, or more expensive. Or as expensive in the many of the cases of electric, because like I've said before, we we ain't there yet. Electric is definitely the future, but we ain't there yet. The energy dis- density is just not there. And then the, what's the other side of it? Having charging stations all over the Rubicon. How many they got now? They have a couple of them. So seeing that everywhere. I look forward to the day that they mandate golf carts, where you can drive anywhere you want. It just has to be a golf cart, and there's not going to be any locker options. <laughs> Get a la carte. Yeah. <laughs> On the golf cart. I like, I like golf cart. Cart. 
I want a I want a golf cart with four fifty sixes though, yes. and no air conditioning, but power windows that you don't exist. Just drive faster. You get all the air conditioning you want. <laughs> Make sure you order the Hemi. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be that would be the ringtone for it. Is you could get ringtones for your for your golf cart. So if it, it would sound like a Hemi. All you need is a Hemi sticker, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, absolutely. That's all you need. Want the bumblebee? I do like the idea of being able to order uh, lockers and uh, gears. And what else would you get besides lockers? What would be another a la carte thing that you'd really like to have? Light bars? Would we would we go that far? Is there, I want a light bar up four there. To one, four to one kit. Yeah, for the transfer case. That'd be and, just, and you just could, a four to one kit. Oh yeah, and, and you couldn't. Oh, that's right. The the transfer case, of course. And uh, what would be cool is that you couldn't, it would be, the lockers would be part of a package. You know where this is going. You'd have to, if you wanted the light bar, you have to order a locker with it. So then the packages are Absolutely. starting again. <laughs> what gets built first, though, the light bar or the locker? The, light the locker bar. has to be. The locker has to be first. <laughs> I think I would go the other way. I would get, I would want factory deleted items and yeah. I would want that cost removed from the, from the price of the vehicle. So delete my, delete my carpet. Uh, maybe even get rid of the soft top. I don't know. I got to run. I got to. I got to go. Well, go do it. Bye. Bye, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. that's never happened with uh, with Josh before. I don't think he's ever had a call while in the middle right of the on, show. Man. I yeah. appreciate it, though. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying he shouldn't left. I just think it, it's strange yeah, that yeah. it hasn't happened before. No, I think, but I think he's onto something. The delete piece would be awesome. If you could get uh, no audio, but get kind of the base wiring that that brings it all together, I think that'd be awesome. Yep. Well, back back in the day, getting back to Jeep, and uh, I know Josh and Tony covered it several episodes ago. Dennis Collins with uh, Coffee uh, Coffee Walk on YouTube, uh, Collins Brothers Jeep, and uh, they uh, he had uh, was going through his one million dollar collection. And he had a story about it. it was a yellow CJ. A guy was in the service. He ordered it, and he ordered the basic, basic everything. And he was walking around this Jeep. It had black door hinges on it. It had a, a soft top that didn't look like it fit quite right. It had a, a funny looking bumper. And he explained that that year, when you ordered nothing, you got no top, no doors. It didn't even come with the hinges. It was really odd. And he explained when the guy came back from overseas from his from his service to pick up his jeep he realized it didn't come with anything so the dealer installed all those all those options it was back probably back in the 60s or the 70s maybe vietnam era but if you guys get a chance i know it was covered on the show a few weeks ago it's about the mid part of his walkthrough it was just really neat you looked at this cj it just looked a little off and he explained hey this was all installed after the fact that the dealer because the guy showed up and realized it didn't come with carpet didn't come with anything that's so cool. Chris, so Chris, if if uh, if we could get you down to the the second Jeep show, I'll show you my dad's Jeep, which I still have. It's all factory; everything's one hundred percent. I reinstalled, redid it, and my dad. It's a nineteen seventy four CJ five, and when I was a kid, he would tell everybody, "It's not a Renegade. It's not a Renegade." And everyone kept asking, "Where'd you buy this Renegade?" And he kept saying, "It's not." My dad's Jeep was factory ordered. My dad got it in 1974. It is the bone stock fleet CJ5 with one upgrade. He put the V8 in it. Oh, wow. And every, everything else is, it didn't have a radio. 
It didn't have hinges. It doesn't have top, no doors, no anything. The only thing it came with was he got the big V8 in it. And everyone kept saying, you know, where'd you get this Renegade? Yeah, it's not a Renegade. But I ran the, when, when, when I redid it, when I stripped it down to the frame and redid everything, we, we actually ran the VIN plate. And I do know what all the numbers and everything on the bottom, it is a black on black, non-renegade V8 CJ5. Wow. And it was, that's a fleet rig. And See, that's, that's what I'm talking about. How they did it back then. This is what the a la carte would do for us. You know, this reminds me absolutely not uh, Jeep related at all, but uh, I think everybody can identify because they like pizza. I, uh, I made the mistake the other day, uh, a la carte, uh, ordering a mod pizza. And I had everything on there that I that I like, and uh, I got my wife one that had a few more items on it, and it got here, and there was no sauce, because I forgot to put sauce in my a la carte. <laughs> it still tasted good, it just didn't have any sauce on it. So, there's, there's a bit of uh, an issue with a la carte <laughs> if you don't know what the hell you're doing. Now, I forgot I'll, to get a transmission. <laughs> I'll know next time <laughs> that I've got to add sauce, but I wouldn't like that with my Jeep. I mean, a Jeep without sauce? Yeah, that just wouldn't be good. <laughs> well, so that's the question then. Are you good with that? If, if you completely screw the pooch, are you good? Do they just oh, build it? There's going to be a without? lawsuit. There's going to be a lawsuit because who in their right mind would sell a pizza without sauce? <laughs> I mean, I think we've all been a pooch for from time to time. I mean, it's just something that happens when you get older. You just realize I was a pooch for. Well, okay. I mean, when the bar closes at two, you know, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> all right, guys, well, we're going to wrap it up here, and I really appreciate it. What a great show! There was a lot of great conversation going on, and I guess I didn't ask about the uh, <laughs> the lockers uh, coming as a uh, an option in the Jeeps, and I th- I just think it's right, and I'm uh, again. Many thanks to Gary at uh, Dixie Overland. Check out uh, Gary and uh, his wife's videos at Dixie Overland. Uh, they got a Gladiator, so uh, they're doing uh, lots of uh, a good Gladiator-type uh, uh, videos over there. So if you'd like to be part of the Jeep Talk Show roundtable discussion, uh, it, it gets recorded every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, and all you have to do is join in via Zoom. Of course, you can run uh, Zoom on uh, pretty much any platform. Hell, I don't even think they got it for Linux. Uh, and maybe even that new Apple fangled thing that they've got. Uh, and it's even good on phones. Uh, Chuck actually uses his phone. We get a lot better uh, uh, video out from his uh, audio from his phone than we do uh, uh, his computer. So uh, you can join in uh, doing that. Now, uh, if you uh, would like to get notifications uh, every week about the reminders, if you will, about the, the Zoom meeting, both on uh, Tuesday and Thursday night, uh, you can just go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and sign up for our newsletter, and you'll get uh, one email a week, and it'll have the, the link and the password in there for the Zoom meeting. So think about it, and uh, please join. We'd like to hear uh, what your comments are. If you didn't join tonight and you have something that you want to add to the conversation, again, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You can see where you can reach out to us using uh, our voicemail. You can uh, send us an email. And uh, chances are good that uh, your email will be on the show and uh, certainly good that your uh, voicemail will be used on the show because we'd love hearing from our audience. So uh, until next week, please make sure that whenever you're sharing uh, anything on social media, to just throw in there the uh, hashtag Jeep Talk Show. And, uh, oh, check out the Discord channel. We had somebody come in uh, that said he was tired of hearing about Discord, so he's finally showed up. 
<laughs> so let us drive you up the wall enough about joining Discord. Uh, it's uh, always an active chat every day. Uh, sometimes there's some uh, some quiet periods, but uh, for the most part, uh, there's a lot of conversation, and some of it's Jeep-related. Nah, it's, it's a lot Jeep-related. Anyway, until next week, uh, we'll uh, look to see you on uh, our Discord and our, hopefully in our Zoom meeting Thursday night. Have a great uh, Jeep week. Podcasting since 2010.